0: That's a new series titled The Fruit of the Spirit. I've done a series on the gifts of the Spirit, but tonight we are going to be looking at the fruit of the Spirit. So, essentially, we are still talking about the Holy Spirit. The gifts we talked about first of all, but now we are going to be talking about the fruit. I'd like you to please go with me to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. And I want the media to please give me Amplified Classic version, AMPC. Galatians 5 and verse 22. Okay. If you don't have the Amplified Classic on your phone or your mobile device, I'd like you to look at it on the screen. Uh, You will understand it better if you look at the Amplified Classic. Let me first of all, just leave it on the screen. Let me first of all read from the KJV that I have here. of the Spirit... Is love okay? Before, we go. so if we back back up a little bit to verse uh, eighteen, it says, "But if you be led the same chapter five of Galatians, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law." Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and he went on to list the works of the flesh. And what are the works of the flesh? One, adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do. They that live, they that indulge in such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Then in verse 22, he now changed the narratives. He's taking us now from the works of the flesh to see all of these things that are the works of the flesh. Now he's changing the narr- the narratives and bringing us into the fruit of the spirit. It says, but... The fruit of the spirit, because you know, but is a conjunction that shows a change of direction. This is where we are coming from, from our uh, former lifestyle. When we were not born again, when we didn't know the Lord, we were under all of these dictates and the appetites and the desires of the flesh. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lost all of the works that he mentioned earlier. Now, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, this should make us think a little bit. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to ask you a question. Is it possible to live in the Spirit and not walk in the Spirit? Yes, it is. If it were not possible, it would be automatic that if we live in the Spirit, we're automatically walking in the Spirit. But that is not so. We find that even in our lives as born-again Christians, sometimes in the decisions that we make, we do not walk in the Spirit. Even though we are alive in the spirit, your spirit man is born again, is attuned to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You know there is a Holy Spirit in you. You know the word of God. You know what the Bible says. But how come, knowing everything the Bible says, sometimes we still go out there and do things that are contrary to what we know. So it is possible to live in the spirit, but not walk in the spirit. So, walking in the spirit is a quality decision that every believer has to make on a daily basis. For instance, now, when we say walk in the spirit, we're not, we don't mean you're walking in some balloons, you know. Like the spirit realm is some kind of bubble, and then you have your head in the cloud and you have your legs floating. Oops! If somebody says, Good morning, come on, I'm walking in the spirit. Don't bring me down. No, it's in the quality of the decisions, the choices that we make on a daily basis. For example, somebody offends you, we all get offended. You have two choices to make. Either to walk in the spirit towards them, or towards that making a decision to forgive them, or to walk in the flesh, to do tit for tat. You have offended me and I'm going to deal with you. And I'm going to make you very miserable. I'm going to make life very difficult for you. That's a choice I'm making. But if you look at that choice, is it coming from the Holy Spirit? What do you think the Holy Spirit is saying to us every time people get on our nerves and offend us and say nasty things about us and call us on manner of names that we are not? What is the flesh singing? Get even. They treat you badly, treat them badly. Show them that you are not stupid, show them that you have a sharp mouth. In fact, your mouth is sharper and a two-edged sword. Glory be to God. That's the flesh. Are you born again? Yes. But are you making a decision? Are you making a choice that reflects the salvation of your spirit man? No. So Paul the Apostle by the Holy Ghost said, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh, these are decisions we make every day. The decision to keep malice or to forgive. The decision to steal somebody's money or to look away and do without and trust God to bless you with your own money. It's a decision. Our lives are full of the choices we make on a regular basis, on a daily basis. So Paul said, Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another envying one another. Definitely envy is not, we can see envy as part of the least of the works of the flesh. We see adultery. Adultery is when you have sex with someone else's spouse, alright? Whether you are married or not, that's adultery. Fornication is when two unmarried people have sex. Now, it's a choice. We all have the urge, the prompting of the flesh. I mean, unless you're not complete. If you're complete as a human being, you have libido. It's one of the sexual hormones that God has created in us. All right? You have the testosterone, you have the estrogen and the progesterone and all of those things flowing in us. I mean, to let us know that we are complete human. We are complete. Amen? Glory be to God. But the choice as to when and how to use them and when uh, and how not to use them, will depend on us. Amen? When are you to use it? When you are married. In the confines of your marriage. Alright? Not that you are married, but then you're doing it with someone else. Or you are not married, and then you're doing it with someone that is married. That's someone else's spouse. One of the reasons God said to the Israelites in Exodus 20, when he said, thou shalt not commit fornication, or thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery, people think, oh, that's a law. How can we fulfill that? God is saying, look, you are blessed people, okay? Now, don't commit adultery because blessed people don't commit adultery. If you need your own wife, tell me. I have a wife for you. Glory be to God. Do you know why God said thou shalt not kill? Oh, sorry, thou shalt not steal. God is saying, look, I'm your father and I'm your source. Look to me. If you need anything, ask me. I will give it to you. Blessed people don't steal stuff that belong to other people. Bring that into the New Testament. Do we have Christians who are born again, full of the Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, demon-chasing, and yet they're still in their place of work? Yes, we do. It's a choice. When the temptation comes, when the tempter comes with a juicy offer, now, you live in the Spirit. But you have to make a decision to walk in the Spirit. That, look, I am not going to walk in the flesh in this situation, This is what my flesh wants, but I'm not the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go to that list of the fruit of the Spirit in the Amplified Classic. Galatians 5.22, AMPC. This will help us to understand it better. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the first thing I want you to notice is that it's one fruit. Somebody say one fruit. Right. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then he explained what the fruit is. In the natural, fruits are really nice. I mean, I don't know about you. I have a cousin who doesn't eat fruits, and I used to taunt him back in the day that he wasn't a complete human being, even though he was many years older than me, so I used to find an indirect way of taunting him. Fruits are nice. Think about apples, green apple, red apple. Think about berries. Think about those grapes, seedless grapes. you don't like any other, any other fruit, you want to like that one, unless you need deliverance. Think about bananas, really nice. Think about oranges, think about purple, think about pineapple. Okay, sounds like it. <laughs> there is at least one kind of fruit or maybe two kinds of fruit that will appeal to you. Think about um, uh, avocado. My dad made me like that thing. Initially, I didn't like it, but my dad made me like it. And we would use avocado. eat some- yeah yeah. And put a little bit of salt on it. anybody knows what I'm talking about? God, yeah, and that thing is really nice. But some people don't like it. W- whatever fruit you like tonight, think about that fruit being served fresh in front of you. Fruits help our immune system. Fruits supply nutrients to our body. We get direct sugar that we need from them. We get energy from them. Fruits are natural. And so they help us. I don't know if there's an overdose of fruit. I don't know, but I mean, if you take fruits regularly, one of the things that you will discover is that I don't know, depending maybe on the kind of fruit you take and depending on uh, the kind of vitamins they contain, some of them can make your skin glow. Anybody knows what I'm talking about. Some of them have, uh, I think, antioxidants or so that fight cancer. Maybe pineapple falls in that category, and some of these other fruits. Now they 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 boost them. Generally, generally speaking, they give you energy. They give you strength. They give you nutrients. They, they supply your body what you need. Like they say, I think it's protein that repair worn out tissue or something like that. Fruits help you. There are some of them that help our, our sight. There are some of them that help you to have uh, 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 um, maybe called uh, abdominal movement or something like that. You know, If you have issues, going to the toilet. I know, for example, they say take oranges, something like that. And then it helps you to cleanse your system and then you can, glory be to God, and just find a way to detox. Fruits, very nice. That's, those are natural fruits. I mean, I remember my wife told me this when she was much younger. As a little girl, her mom, or maybe her dad, brought home like a bag of oranges. And they dropped it in front of the kitchen and they went to bed. And my wife went there and peeled them and peeled the oranges and sat with them into the dead of the night, all by herself, consuming the oranges. Till now, she's a fan of oranges. So, you know, having bowel movement and stuff like that is not a problem for her. I mean, when we started dating and, you know, quoting or whatever you call it, I discovered that, ah, why does this girl like oranges like this? Orange, orange, orange every time. I mean, I don't don't pretty much send oranges like that. I don't really like it. I like it, but it has to be sweet. Not the type that will set my teeth on edge. You know what I'm talking about? fruits help in the natural they help our system can you now imagine what the fruit of the spirit will do to us rather let me change that what the fruit of the spirit will do for us they will also help us detox spiritually they help us gain strength they supply antioxidants anti-cancer they fight off diseases they boost our immune system. They help us to overcome stress. Some of them help us to relax. Some of them help us to fight high blood pressure. Now, the fruit of the Spirit. Look at the Amplified Classic. What is the fruit? He now went further to define it. He said, The work. The work. Somebody said, The work. Which his presence within accomplishes hey when the holy ghost comes into your spirit man and dwells in your spirit there is a work the presence of the holy spirit does in you there is a work he accomplishes in you just being in you he's accomplishing something glory be to god i mean that's why you find a whole world of difference between the believer and And an unbeliever, because the difference between a believer and unbeliever cannot have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because unless you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit cannot come into you. Your spirit is not prepared as a home for him to dwell. The work which his presence within accomplishes. Now, what is the work? When you claim that the Holy Spirit dwells in you, How do we know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? How do we know that you have his presence? Ah, somebody will say, well, glory be to God. Thank God. That's the sign of the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that, Pastor Fred? So I'll come back here. Go to Mark 16 and 17. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Glory to God. Jesus speaking here, verse 15 actually. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. You can read it this way. And these signs shall follow them that believe. You pause. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. But you can also read it this way. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So it's okay if you read it either way. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You preach my name, they believe in my name, these signs will follow them. What are the signs that will follow them? They shall cast out. They shall speak in new tongues. A newborn baby in Christ can cast out devils. Jesus said, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You find people that are 20 years old in the Lord and they are still afraid of devils, afraid of demons. Ah, no, Pastor. Ah, somebody has to have a special anointing to be able to cast out devils. Jesus said, And this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. And do you believe in his name? Then it's a sign that should follow you. Can I have an amen? What, what are the signs that somebody is a medical doctor when you go to, to the hospital? You see signs, right? You see a stethoscope hanging around their neck or stuck in their ears. You see their scrub. They're wearing their scrub or whatever they wear. They they, they dress differently. They look differently from the nurses and and from the other health workers. You just kind of know that this person is a doctor because there are signs. What are the signs when you go to court that this person is a lawyer or this person is the judge? There are signs in the way they dress up. What are the signs that somebody is a believer? One of them that you are a believer in the name of Jesus is that you will speak with new tongues. You will cast out devils. The, Jesus said that they shall take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. All of these are initial signs of the believer. So if you are a believer tonight, don't find these things strange. It's an initial sign. All right? But hey, don't stop there. Speaking in tongues is an initial sign. Okay? If you go to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, Jesus speaking in verse 8. Acts of the Apostles. This is Bible study, so we'll go here and there, look at different scriptures. 1 8. But you shall receive power. That's dunamis. That's what we're celebrating in April. And this ministry is going to be 30 years. Our mother church, glory be to God. Water Life Ministries International, a.k.a. the Stone Church. 30 years of impacting lives. And I'm one of the lives impacted by this ministry. I'll tell you, I knew who I was before I joined this ministry. I knew who I was when I came as a Mokola boy. And I used to sit somewhere in the extension. I didn't come for praise worship. I didn't come for prayers. I didn't come for anything at all. I just came for the word. And I didn't come on Sundays, I came only on Wednesdays, Bible study. That's why maybe till tomorrow I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan, and I, I'm a, I'm a die-hard addict. No, no, I don't die. Live hard, <laughs> maybe even live soft. <laughs> addict of the Word of God and of Bible study. I love Bible study. Tell me about Bible study, I want to be there. Because, man, that's where people are made. Sunday service is the jamboree. Thank God for what He does on Sunday services. Thank God for His presence. That's the celebration. That's what everybody comes to. That's what pastors like. There are pastors who don't do Bible study because they don't like to see few people and many empty chairs. But I don't care if there are two people, that I teach Bible study. If there's one person, I teach that person. If that person gets it right, they will go and teach other people. Boom, they will have results. Bible study is for serious people because it takes extra effort to come on a Thursday evening like this. And if, I mean, if you set, if you look at your, your 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 default Sunday morning, you want to go to church. Normally, that's everybody goes to church Sunday morning. But it takes a little bit extra to say I want to go Thursday Bible study, especially with the cash crunch in our country now. I don't know how many of you find your way to church. I don't know how, but God knows how, and my God will continue to supply your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Amen. Some of you have to do go extra mile just to be here. So, being here, don't you think God is taking account of that? Anyways. So, Jesus said, but you shall receive dunamis. The self-charging power of God. After, not before, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It told them about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And it told them what will happen after the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Who gave them utterance? The Holy Spirit. It gave them what to say. Alright. Now, if you look at this, you can just read this, you know, hurriedly and not really get the facts there. Verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a Russian mighty wind. <laughs> Today, we don't know what Russian mighty wind is. It is not the noisiest thing now. But you need to understand that back in the day, they were an agrarian people. They lived in an agrarian society. They didn't have much of the industrialization that we have now. They were pretty much farmers, fishermen, carpenters, and the rest of them. They didn't have airplanes they never had the sound of an airplane a boeing 747 so the noisiest thing that they could wrap their minds around that time was that of a rushing today if this scripture were to be written in our own language and looking at our local setting we would probably say the sound of a bomb blast it was noisy The Holy Ghost was coming. And the holy angels were coming within. Woo! Heaven was coming to the earth. But the noisiest thing around that the apostles could find to describe his coming was that of a rushing mighty wind. And he came and filled the room. And he sat upon them. Now, when you look at some religious calendars, you find little little flicker of light of fire on each of the apostles 120 of them right in that room no the holy ghost actually sat on them you think the holy ghost is just some little fire he engulfed them he sat on them This was prophesied by Malachi in Malachi chapter 3. And if you read from verse 1 all the way to 3, 4, 5, you see there. Oh, from verse 1. It said the messenger of the covenant will come suddenly into the temple. And it will sit as a refiner's fire to purify the sons of Levi. So that they may bring an offering to God in righteousness. He said that fire will sit on them. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came and sat on them. Exactly as it was prophesied. God never makes mistakes. Can I have an amen? And this should console you if you are going through a tough time right now. That God never makes mistakes and he never makes any mistakes about your life. You may not understand what you are going through at the moment. It might not make any any logical sense to you. But a day is coming you will understand. Romans, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who have been called according to his purpose. You might be experiencing a delay right now, and it feels like your world is, is, is crashing. Your world is not crashing. Listen, does God know that you are here? Does God know the plan that he has for your life? You, do you know painfully that you cannot rush God to do things in your life? Even though we really wish that it has to be like tonight. If God says it's in one year from now, there is nothing you can do about it. And you had better trust his timing because it makes all things beautiful in his time, not your time. Amen? Keep walking by faith. You will soon understand how it will bring all the pieces of the puzzle together. Exactly as it was prophesied, it happened on the day of Pentecost. Now, the Bible says, then they all began they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. So the initial sign of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer, actually coming upon a believer, is that they will speak with other tongues. But hey, don't stop there. The Holy Ghost is not just for speaking in tongues. We have the gifts of the Spirit we have the fruit of the Spirit, the same Holy Spirit. So I begin this way tonight. To understand the fruit of the Spirit is to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit within. Within. The Spirit within us. Somebody in us. Now say the Spirit upon us. The same Holy Spirit, but then it has two major ministries in our lives. Within and upon within and upon now we are focusing on the spirit within in this study series the work that his presence accomplishes within us can you go back to galatians 5 22 amplified classic Next week, by the grace of God, I will show us the comparison between the two ministries of the same Holy Spirit, the Spirit within and the Spirit upon. The Spirit within is described like water in a well, and I'll show you that in the Bible, while the Spirit upon is described as water in a river. Water in a well blesses you. Water in a river makes you a blessing. A well can serve a house or maximum a couple of houses. A river flows across a city. In fact, it can flow across cities and states. And everywhere it goes, it is a blessing. You cannot compare the impact of a river to that of a well. A well is limited To the users, the immediate users, the people in the environment. But a river flows everywhere as far as it can go and is a blessing everywhere. That's why the Holy Ghost carries out this dual ministry in each of our lives when we allow him. The one within blesses us. His ministry upon makes us a blessing to other people. Can I have an amen to that? Get it right? His ministry within me, say after me, say His Spirit, His ministry within me, blesses me. While His ministry upon me makes me a blessing to other people. Now let's look at this. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, one, is love, joy, joy, And then in bracket, you have gladness, peace, that's shalom, patience, and even temper, forbearance. When people lose their temper very quickly, they are not very patient people. And there are born again Christians who are not patient. They can be patient. They have the potential to be patient but they are not exercising that potential. Let me read through the list, and then I'll say a few things about them. All right? Um, Kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness. In KJV, you you have that as faith, but it's actually faithfulness. Gentleness, and in bracket, you have meekness, humility. Self-control. Many people don't have this. Lord, have mercy. They have it on the inside, but they don't allow it to express itself. Self-control, which is now self-restraint or continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. Amen. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires. Right? Move on. If we live by the Holy Spirit... Let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line. Our con- there is a way you behave. And people say, ah, this person is born again. This person knows Jesus. This person is even a pastor, must be a pastor. There's a way you behave. And they say, this one never knows God, has never met God before. You know why? You are making a choice between walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. We make that choice every day. Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, competitive and challenging and provoking and irritating to one another. Envying and being jealous of one another. These are things of the flesh. But do we have Christians who are jealous of one another? Come on, talk to me, church. Do we have Christians who envy one have Christians who don't wish other people well? He just bought a car. May that car have accident. They don't pray it out, but they wish it. There are people who just wish that, well, mm, let's just hear that she's gone. That's all. They don't pray it out, but they wish it. You're sharing it, your testimony, and as you're sharing it, somebody in the congregation is feeling, mm, is that the way God works? I beg you. I beg you. Oh. Ill-feeling to towards one another. That's not right. You can't tell me that it's coming from the Holy Spirit. That is not the work which his presence within accomplishes. His presence within accomplishes, number one, love. We're going to look at that very briefly tonight. Love. If you say that you have the Holy Spirit within you, then you should have love within you. In fact, you have love. Amen? Oh, God, give me love. Give me love. Oh, Lord, I I really want to love. Hey, you have love already? Do you have the Holy Ghost? Let me ask your neighbor, do you have the Holy Ghost? Now, get a response from them. Get a response. If they say yes, then tell them you have love. Tell them. Say you have love. Because the day the Holy Ghost came into your heart, he brought one fruit. And that one fruit has nine expressions. The number one expression is love. So it is wrong for a Christian to pray for love. Because you already have it. Meekness, you already have it. Peace you already have it. Patience. patience, you already have it. Joy you already have it now but listen 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 like the natural fruit, they must be cultivated. amen you want to eat apple you don't plant onions. If you plant onions you're gonna, you're gonna reap onions you cultivate these nine fruits of the Spirit. Actually, one fruit, nine expressions. This fruit of the Spirit, you cultivate them. The day you got born again, they came into you potentially. Like in the seed form, you have the fruit. But for you, for them rather, to find expression, you need to give expression to them. For example, sometimes you are are struggling with impatience. I mean, we struggle. The fact that we have these things doesn't mean that we don't struggle in some of these areas. And you can take that to the Lord. You can take that to the Holy Spirit to help you release patience. That I'm, I'm getting rather impatient with people these days. Holy Spirit, help me. I'm not praying for patience. I have it already. But help me to release it where and when necessary. When you release it, you are walking in the Spirit. Every little thing that gets you upset, at the slightest provocation, you shout, you scream, you fight. Then the next day, we go to that neighborhood to preach the gospel, and they say, no, excuse me, this one, a member of your church, ah, uh, ah, uh, no. If this, is, if this one is born again, I'm a pope. Now, let's get it right. Is she actually born again? Yes. But she's not been walking in the Spirit. Or he's not been walking in the Spirit. So these fruit need to be cultivated. They need to be released. But I must tell you something, you already have them. If you're born again, the day you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Ghost came into your spirit. It didn't come empty-handed. It came with the fruit. Amen? And deposited the fruit in your spirit. So that that would be a fertile ground for them to be cultivated. And for them to grow and to mature and to find expression. How do I cultivate them? Get in the word. Meditate in the word of God. This is who the word says I am. I am who the word says I am. Not who the world say or says that I am. But who the word says that I am. And I begin to function in all of these things. I don't do these ones. These are the things I do. I have Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me tell you one thing that the fruits will do for you. These fruit of the Spirit help to build character in us. They help to make us Jesus. That's why they are given you. If you trace all these attributes, you find all of them in Christ. So when the Holy Ghost comes, it, makes you, it gives you the potential, it gives you the things, the tools you need to make you look like Christ. Christ is love. Christ is the face of love. Christ is the embodiment of love. Just like his father, God is love. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Now look at 1 John 4, 8. It's Bible study, so we'll look a couple of places and come back. 1 John 4, 8. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. I'm not in John now, I'm in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. The Bible says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. Hey, you don't love, but you claim you know God. I'm a godly man. I know God. But you hate people like, like the devil. Do you know there are Christians who don't forgive? Have you met them? Some of them even pride themselves in such things. I won't call them such virtues because those are not biblical virtues. So don't mess with me because I don't forgive. So do things right and we will not fight. If you cross your lane, I will not forgive you. But the next moment you see them in the corner, but you don't forgive. You don't love. What would make you say to a fellow church member, this challenge you're going through, I know it's quite overwhelming. Can we take Wednesday out and fast together and seek the face of the Lord? It's not your problem. It's their problem. But you want to fast with them and pray with them that God should remove that mountain? Only love can drive you to do such. Well... Your motive is important. You could also do it because um, you want them to know that you are more spiritual than them. And, but I, I'm not out tonight to address that. I'm out to say, look, when you say you love, there are practical demonstrations of love. When God loved the world, did he sing over the world? Come and talk to me, church. For God so loved the world, he sang a love song. I love the world. I'm, I'm sure God has a baritone. I love the world. And hey, don't get it twisted. God has soprano too. Praise God. Amen. Everything good find itself. Find its source in God. James 1.17. For every good gift and every perfect gift, if it's good, if it's perfect, there's it no variableness, no shadow of turning. Can I have an amen to that? to <laughs> find its way all the way into God. Praise God amen and if you don't know your key you find your way all the way to God amen praise God some of us don't know our key but we sing everybody should sing but not everybody should record praise God amen now God is love the apostle said here by the Holy Ghost he that loveth not doesn't know God could he be an apostle yes could he be a bishop yes could he be a pastor yes could he have a title yes could he whatever but you, you don't love, you don't know God. And love is practical. For God so loved the world, He danced. Ooh, I love the world. Da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na. Doom, doom. No. No. He loved the world. What did He do practically to demonstrate His love? He gave His only begotten Son. Love gives every time. Amen. Doesn't have to give money every time. There are times you give money, that times you give words of encouragement, words of advice to build up other people. You flow in the gift of the Spirit to be a blessing to other people. Amen. Why do we even desire spiritual gifts? It has to be born on the platform of love. If the platform is not love, forget it. We can talk all the gifts of the Spirit from now, till, from now till kingdom come, nine of them, and we will not function in one of them because we don't love. Why do you desire word of wisdom? Why do you desire word of knowledge? Why do you desire descending of spirits? Why do you desire uh, 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 walking of miracles? Why do you desire gifts of special faith? Why do you desire all the power gifts? Why? Gifts of healings. Why? Why? Why do you want, uh, uh, um, what do we call it now? Prophecy? Why do you want interpretation of tongues? Why do you want diverse kind of tongues? It has to be on the foundation of love. I'll show you that in the scripture before we go tonight. But let me talk about this very quickly. God is love. The Bible says very clearly here, He that loveth not, knoweth not God. Does he know the Bible? He may know the Bible, but does he know God? I said this on Sunday and some probably, maybe it shook you a little bit. That you can know the Bible. You can quote the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, yet you don't know God. But the fact that you're a professor of linguistics does not mean that you will accurately interpret and divide the Bible. You can be an actor, for example. You are given a script to read, and it's a portion of the Bible, and it's about Jesus. That doesn't mean you have a relationship with Jesus. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. He that that does not love, does not know God. He may know the Bible... He may know people, but it does not know God. If you don't love tonight, you don't know God. I don't care how many years you've been born again. If you do not walk in love, if you don't love other people, if you don't love God and love people, you don't know God. He said, for God is love. God is love. But you don't love. You don't know God. No, I know God. I speak in tongues. I'm a BBC teacher. I've been teaching Bible class for 25 years before you were born. Sorry, sir. You don't know God because God is love. Go to verse 16. Same chapter. And we have known, that's the word, the Greek word genasco. That's like the word used for sexual intimacy. Adam knew his wife. Not just her name. He knew her. Praise God. Nobody should know you unless you are married to them. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God has a lot of love. Is that what you have in your Bible? What do you have in your Bible? No, God has love. Is that what you have in your Bible? What do you have in your Bible? God is love. If I could say that in German, I don't know if my German is correct, it will sound like God is living. God is love. So anywhere you see love, you find God there. God is love. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. You dwell in love, you walk in love, you're walking in God, and God is walking in you. Storms may arise against you. Persecutions may arise against you. People may arise against you. The devil may arise against you. If you keep walking in love, if all your actions are motivated by love and God sees your heart, Even though your actions may not always be right, you make mistakes, but God sees your heart that everything you are doing is propelled by love. You are bound to overcome. You will overcome every opposition. You will overcome the devil himself. You will overcome everything. Because even your faith won't work without love. I'm a man of faith. Thank God for your life. Your faith will not work without love. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor circumcision availeth anything, but faith that worketh by love isn't it the reason could this be the reason the bible tells us in galatians 5 that we're studying now that the fruit of the spirit is love when the holy ghost comes into you the first thing that his presence within you accomplishes is to birth love in your heart glory to god go to romans chapter 5 and verse 5 romans 5 are you getting something out of this tonight this will change us this will heal us Allowing the love of God to flow in your heart will bring healing to your body. It will bring down your blood pressure. It will drive out cancer. It will kill diseases without taking a pill. They will just die in natural death because the love of God is flowing. Can you imagine the love of God flowing in your system? Literally flowing in your system. It will make you fresh. You will live long. Why? Because of love. The last apostle to die, Bible's apostle of love. John. The one thrown on the island of Patmos. His eyes were removed. He didn't die. They put him in a pot of boiling oil. He didn't die. They tried to kill him. He wouldn't die. So they confined him to an island, the island of Patmos. And that was where Jesus visited him and gave him a revelation. That was the apostle that used to sleep on Jesus' bosom. He would sleep on his chest or sleep on his laps. He's called the apostle of love. He was the last to die. The guy wouldn't die easy because love never dies love is stronger than death when they place a gun in your head and say deny Jesus and you say oh (laughs) so that you won't kill me I died before I got here I've known this it was I think it was Father Augustine one of the patriarchs of the gospel that they took and they were going to kill him and they said to him look deny this Jesus deny him and we'll let you go free or or we kill you now and he said to them before you kill me let me tell you this These 80 years plus of my life, I have known this Jesus, this man, Jesus, and not once has he ever hurt me, not once has he ever disappointed me, not once has he ever failed me. Why should I deny him now? In the face of death, Paul said, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Christians should not be afraid of death. No, we shouldn't be. To be absent in this body is to be present with the Lord in the presence of his, the fullness of his love. Hey, we're not planning to go now. We have an assignment and we will fulfill that assignment, but don't be afraid. Okay, what if the rapture happens? (laughs) Amen? Let's not be afraid. Oh, 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 what if we die? We're going to die someday. The sting of death is gone. For the believer. Can you imagine Paul with all that he went through? Paul didn't die until the time he wanted to go. They tried to kill him. They dragged him in the city. In fact, they beat him so much they thought he had died. They dragged him out of the city and dropped him there for dead. The guy got up. Brethren were gathered around him. He got up. He walked back into the city to continue the gospel. The walk of the gospel. When time came, he said, now I am ready to be offered. Ah, God. Now I am ready to go. Look. Why? Why was it so inconquerable? Why was he more than a conqueror? Because of love. He said nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Is it death? Is it life? Death. Is it angels? Is it human beings? Is it principalities? Is it power? Is it poverty? Is it prosperity? What is it? That will separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus. Those ones, they got to a point in their lives that nothing mattered but Christ. May we get to that point. When we are not just living for bread and butter. We are not just living for the car to drive, the house to build and all of that. Those things will come. They will come. And there is no end to having things. But I tell you, what we should pursue... And what we should develop is this love. When you so much love God, you so much love God that he is your all in all. You so love him that he can wake you up in the midnight and say, I want to have a conversation with you. And you say, Lord, I'm too tired. Let's, let's wait till tomorrow. You so much love God that he can say, hey, baby, get up. You need to go to Edea Hall now. There's a lady there, room A3. You need to pray for her. She's my daughter. Now, our faith is so weak at the moment and I want you to go strengthen her. And this is six in the morning lord this is the time that sweet my sleep actually is sweet do you know that that, that time of the morning sleep is sweetest that's the time i don't want to get up from bed because it's as though i didn't sleep all night it is now time for me to enjoy get under my duvet and, and wrap myself up especially when it's hamatan hey but god needs you to go on assignment for it do you love him that month that i say sir yes sir not easy on the flesh but let me just brush my teeth so i don't stink Glory be to God. Love. Love. Do you love him so much that you can empty your bank account and be a blessing to a fellowship? They're struggling with their musical equipment. It's not even your fellowship. You don't even know them. But you know they're calling on Jesus. And you know they're children of God. Say, come on, I'm going to be a blessing to this church. Oh, they're building. They don't have roof. Come on, come on, come on. Love. Love. So much so that you are not stingy. Some people love God from their head. To the atomic area. But you see, the pocket area, no. No way. I have plans for my money. I make my money. Who supplies the blood flowing in your circulatory system? Who supplies the oxygen with which you breathe? You can go to work because you have oxygen. How much do you pay for that oxygen? Love is stronger than death, Solomon described. Oh, the man Solomon. What a difference it made in his life when he loved God. Let me show you. 1 Kings 3.3. Can we have that quickly on the screen? And Solomon loved the Lord. That was the secret of the wisdom of Solomon. He loved... Come on now. 1 Kings 3.3 on this on the screen. Okay. I said Romans 5.5. I've not read it. Okay. I get that. We'll come back to Romans 5.5. 5. Let's, let's look at Solomon very quickly. Under the old covenant then we'll come back to the new. And Solomon Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. But the Bible says he loved the Lord. And Solomon became the greatest in that period. Oh, he was so great. But after a while, Solomon began to love strange women. 2 Kings 11. 2 Kings 11. Let's look at verses 1, 2, 3. Quickly. Sorry, 1 Kings, I mean, not 2 Kings. Same 1 Kings 11. 1 Kings 11. Quickly. Just a few. Oh, my. Time is so gone. And, no, no, come on now, give it to me. First Kings 11. No, no, go to verse 1. Go to verse 1. But, the same Solomon that was said, love the Lord. But, this is the change of direction. King Solomon, Solomon, loved many strange women. And that was the beginning of the end of his reign. That was the beginning of his undoing. He loved the Lord. The Lord elevated him, blessed him so much. Nobody was, no king was as prosperous before him and after him. The queen of Sheba traveled down, and when she came, she said, all the things I heard about you, not half was told me. The Bible says in that first Kings, if you look at it, chapter 3, all the way, very interesting account, the woman observed the waiters, That were waiting on Solomon. That were serving his food. Their uniforms. What they wore. As in they decked up. You know what I mean? Looked at the meat that they served on his table. The utensils with which he ate. Along with the other guys. And looked at the glory of his house. And the glory of his kingdom. And the wealth. The prosperity. The kind of money. And the wisdom. And there's so much respect that people had for him. The Bible says in King James Version, and there was no spirit left in her. Media can do a good job by getting that scripture for me, that verse. There was no spirit left in her. She became spiritless. In street English, her hand fell. In. i mean. When you see what you have never seen before, what is this? What got Solomon to that point? You'll find that in First Kings 3, somewhere in First Kings 3. What got him to that point? He loved the Lord. That was the only qualification he had. It wasn't because he had a PhD in um, theology. It wasn't because he was born, you know, as the son you know, of the governor or whatever. No. Just loving the Lord. Elevated him. What? And he was under the old covenant. But when he loved many strange women, they took his heart away from the Lord. And that was the beginning of his downfall. The beginning of his undoing. Okay, good. I think they found it finally. 1 Kings 10, go to verse 4. Let's quickly read this. Very interesting. Oh my God. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom, and the house that he had built... Uh-huh. And the meat of his table. She even observed the meat, the kind of meat they served on his table. And the sitting. Now, this woman was a powerful woman, queen of Sheba, very rich woman. She even brought gold, brought stuff for Solomon. And the sitting of his servants, and the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, what they. Ah. And, okay. And his cupbearers. And his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord. The the staircase he built to go up to the house of the Lord. Made of gold. No more spirit in her. Literally, she died. when when people say, "moko," and you are not dead yet. She had never seen such. What was the secret of Solomon? And Solomon loved the Lord. That was, can you imagine what happens to us or for us when we love the Lord? Go to Psalm 91, quickly. There's a lot to talk about love. We'll continue from there next week by the grace of God. I don't want to overshoot my time. Psalms 91. And you go to verse 15 or verse, no, 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 verse 14. Psalm ninety-one verse fourteen. Look at that! Because he has set his love upon me, hmm. this is talking about you. God, that beats your love upon him. He said, they "Deliver him." My goodness. Key to, this. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He may go through trouble. I will get into the trouble with him because he has set his love upon me. I will deliver him. I will deliver him from family sickness. I will deliver him from ancestral curse. Him from everything trying to limit him. Ah! said the Lord. I beat my chest because he has set his love upon me. I will deliver him. I will never leave him alone. If you are going through trouble right now, tonight, listen to me all over the world. All you need is to set your love upon the Lord. God will deliver you. You won't need to cry for the Lord. Set your, set your affection on the Lord. They say there is evangelism in church. You are there. They said there is church cleaning. You are there. They said there is no evangelism. You get on the street and preach the gospel and make disciples and make converts and you bring them to church. Just doing it on your own because you love God. He says that we deliver you. God notices all of those things. It takes account. It takes record. They said there is rehearsal. You are the first to show up. The last to leave. There's anything to help with, you help them to pack the equipment. You are not complaining and grumbling. You don't. Some people, I learned some people come to rehearsal and they, they go to a corner and cross their legs and they're looking at their HOM from afar like, Well, say what you got to say and we got to go. We are the big boys and the big girls here. God is looking at you. God sees your heart. Love is a condition of the heart. God said, Because He has set His love upon me, I will deliver Him. My God, my God, I get into situations that only God can deliver me. So, you know what? I had better love the Lord. God, you see my heart. You know I love you. And I love people. I love you and I love your people. There are times I'm ministering to people and they have no idea what I'm going through myself. My natural flesh says, no, stay back at home, sleep on your bed, mourn your own situation. Mourn it. M-O-U-R-N. Feel bad for yourself. Cover your head in your duvet. Sleep some. But no, the love of God gets me up. There is somebody somewhere to go and minister to. That's why you need to pray for pastors. All pastors. All of them. Many times they are bleeding while they are ministering. They are bleeding while they are leading. <laughs> and you do all that you know to do, and yet you still have people under you criticizing you. He's telling us the same thing. It's the same thing he's been telling us. The same thing. Somebody said to Papa Hagen, now tonight let's go to Mark 11 That was Papa Hagen's message for over 50 years. Mark eleven twenty-three faith. Brother Hagin, when are we going to something else? He said, when you get this, we'll go to something else. As if they know it all. But you don't need to bother yourself with all of that. Let them criticize you. Some will even criticize the way you pray. Look at your tongue. It's the the, the, the same tongue. Let's speak another tongue now. Speak your own tongue now. (laughs) Oh my God, love is the royal law of the kingdom. And can I tell you something tonight? Okay, please, two scriptures, and then we, we close. Please, please, two scriptures. John 13, 35. Jesus made a very remarkable statement. John 13, 35, and then I'll go to James 2, 8. And that's where I'm going to stop for tonight. John, we have not started looking at the attributes of love. We'll look at that next week. John, and I'm saying that God can love. John 13, let's go to 34. 34, 34 and 35. God bless you. Read, everybody. Read. You can read from the screen, everybody. A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He said a new commandment. Moses gave them some set of commandments. You know the ten commandments, but the Israelites actually had the Jewish people had about 613 of those commandments. I mean, how do you fulfill them? How? 613. Some of you, what you're wearing tonight, you have broken the law. We should stone you. And when you're coming on Sunday, bring a goat. Your color combination has broken the law some of you are praying the holy ghost you are praying and and, and then something comes out of the inner in the house of god holy house of god you have done an unholy thing because you ate beans and you you screamed while praying lord and oh lord have mercy but hey jesus said i give you a new commandment and it's not grievous and what is that mother go to the next verse next verse it said by this by what by loving one another, shall all men, not some men, all men, know that you are my disciples indeed if you love one another. Somebody is sick in the church and we all visit the person. They will be well. We all visit. Different sets, different sets, going there to pray, rebuking the devil, strengthening them, speaking speaking the word of God into their situation. They will be well. And their neighbors will say, Wow. What kind of church is this? They will follow them to church for Thanksgiving, and they will come and stay in the church. Love. Oh, principles of church growth. Number one, love. Do we love? In our fellowship, do we we check on one another? In these days, when everybody is consumed with their own issue, "Ah, I have my own issue. Everybody has their issue. But how do we know? How does the world know that you are a child of God, that you are a disciple of Christ indeed? Love. And love includes sacrifice. Sometimes you have to pocket your own pain and go and attend to someone else. Sometimes you have your own bill to pay. You have not paid your bill, but yet you are paying bill for someone else. It sounds stupid, but hey, the love of God. Somebody say, "Well, how can I I don't know this love you are talking about." It's already shed in your heart, shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, Romans 5:5. 5, 5. Let's stop there. I thought I would go to John uh, James 2:8, but let's go to Romans 5:5 5, 5, and let's stop 5. Don't tell me you don't have love. You have it already. Somebody say, "I have the love of God." It is by the Holy Ghost. Let's read it in KJV. Then give me AMPC. Romans 5 5. And hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. He pours it into our heart. Liquid love. Liquid love. Give me AMPC, please. AMPC. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's stand, let's stand tonight. It's 7 o'clock. Let's stand. But let's look at this. Let's read it together. One, two, go. Such hope never disappoints or deludes. I can't hear you. Or shames us. Let's read it again. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love poured out in our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What do you pour? It has to be liquid, right? Liquid love. The Holy Spirit pours the love into our hearts. You have liquid love tonight in your heart. Don't tell me you can't love that person in your life. Don't tell me you can't love your mom. Don't tell me you can't love your dad. Don't tell me you can't love your siblings. Don't tell me you can't love that li- that lady in church who, who, who acted nasty to you two weeks ago. Don't tell me you can't love that brother. Don't tell me. Don't tell me you can't do that. Hey, you have it. Liquid love poured into your heart by the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you tonight. Thus far, you have helped us, and we are grateful for this journey that you started with us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his indwelling presence accomplishes in us. Lord, this word will not be stolen by Satan in our hearts, in the name of Jesus. We we guard it so jealously that it will not.